0: In the Washington Post, where democracy dies in flatulent dishonesty, a law professor named Rosa Brooks has written an op-ed gaming out what will happen in various scenarios after the November election. Brooks reports, quote, a landslide for Joe Biden resulted in a relatively orderly transfer of power. Every other scenario we looked at involved street-level violence and political crisis. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, oh, ho, ho, Clavin, you bubbling cauldron of hilarity. Once again, you have both enlightened us and made us laugh with that rambunctiously rib-tickling satirical wit that somehow manages to capture the absurdity of leftist solipsism system, while at the same time deepening not only our political understanding, but our enjoyment of life as well. And you're so good looking, too. But no, that so helped me is an actual word-for-word quote from the article. Rosa Brooks says, if we don't elect a doddering relic of a once merely stupid second-rate politician, there will be blood. Brooks goes on to say, quote, we consulted some of the most accomplished intellectuals in the bar on the ground floor of our building and asked them to imagine a series of election scenarios. We concluded that if Donald Trump wins, Democrats will challenge the outcome by stopping the business of government completely through a bogus three-year investigation into Russian interference, and when that blows up in their faces, they'll move on to reacting hysterically to every little thing Trump does, and even impeach him over absolutely nothing. Finally, they'll spread racial hysteria until their fellow leftists are destroying cities and terrorizing ordinary citizens, so vote for Biden, or we'll burn this stupid country to the ground. Unquote. When she finished writing the article, Miss Brooks set her hair on fire and ran through the halls of the newspaper, shrieking until the window shattered, raining glass on the people below. The post op-ed is the first in a series. Tomorrow's sequel is entitled Vote for Biden or We'll Kill You. We know where you live. Trigger warning: I'm Andrew Claven, and this is the Andrew Clavin Show. I'm the hunky dunky. Life is tickety-boo Birds are winging, also singing hunky giddy doo Ship-shaped, ipsy-topsy The world is a zing It's a wonderful day, hoorah, hooray It makes me want to sing Oh, hoorah, hooray Oh, All right, final day before the Clavenless weekend. It's a long Clavenless weekend, but not as long as it might have been since I moved my show up to Friday. So I've given you a break and it's not going to help. Don't worry about it. Uh re- please remember to go on the uh, Andrew Claven YouTube channel and subscribe. We're over a 100,000. We're trying to match the number of the national debt. So you've got to get cracking and please leave a comment and if the comment is incredibly stupid, we will consider it that it will raise the level of conversation on our uh co- podcast and we'll quote it online. For instance, here's one from uh John M. I'm not too worried about the Clavenless weekend. Since we all only exist in the mind of Clavin, we don't exist when he's not there. I find not existing to be very comforting while wandering aimlessly in a world steeped in chaos. It's actually kind of profound, if, you know, if you're smoking dope. I began this week by telling you about a handwritten, and I am, of course. I began this week by telling you about a handwritten sign I saw taped to an apartment window in an upper-class neighborhood in Brooklyn. The sign confessed to the racial sin of feeling resentment toward a powerful black person. It was the sort of self-flagellation that was seen during the Cultural Revolution in Mao's China and during the show trials in Stalin's Soviet Union. That is to say, it is a symptom of a slavish mind preparing itself for tyranny. That was sad enough and it was bad enough, but according to conservative author Rod Dreher, Northwestern University Law School had a town hall meeting online recently in which Every professor denounced himself as a racist. Now, of course, these professors are not racist, but they are idiots. They are selling away their freedom for a false sense of virtue. Racism is a philosophy. It's a belief that some races are morally inferior to others. If you don't hold to that philosophy and you treat people with equal respect, you are not a racist and you have nothing to confess to anyone but God. Indeed, the very idea that other people or society or the state can redeem you for your sinful thoughts or save you from the shame you feel from participating in the general brokenness of humankind, that idea is what makes this stupid leftist confessional practice such ripe soil for the growth of oppression. Like nearly everything the left does, this confessional madness is fractured Christianity. Jesus said we're responsible for the desires of our hearts, but his point was that since all of our hearts are sinful, we should not spend even a moment judging others' sinfulness. How can we, being sinners ourselves? Likewise, if we are all racist merely because of our thoughts, why confess to one another? Who can judge anyone? Not the state, surely bloated and corrupt with power, not rioting thugs, they're not gonna pass judgment on my mere thoughts, and not the Twitter mob, who are they? The answer, spoiler alert, is that only God is good, so only God can judge, and if you give God's power of judgment and salvation to any construct of humankind, you have taken the first step toward forsaking God's precious gift of liberty. Gonna talk about more about this in a sec. But first, let us talk about RockAuto.com. We always like taking a break from you know more serious issues to just say RockAuto.com. It's cathartic. It just you just RockAuto.com. You get your inner aggressions out. You sound terrific. You sound really cool. Yeah, the girls will love it. It's, it's amazing. Plus, plus, you can get any car part you need for a price you can afford. Why get into your car, which isn't running anyway, and pretend to drive down to the auto parts store when you can just go online and get real auto parts from rockauto.com. And you get to say rockauto.com. It's a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. And best of all, Prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right clavin in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Also write Clavin in there. How do you spell Clavin box? Because they need to know that, or else you know they just can't trust you. If you don't know how to spell Clavin, it's K L A V A N, and when you say it, you want to say it the same way as RockAuto.com. You're know, a Clavin, you know. Just get that get that real you know sound in there, uh, and that'll you know it won't get you anything, but it it's still it sounds great. So to riff on this theme a little bit of this cultural revelation style, self-abuse matched with cancel culture. Somehow even though you're confessing your racism, you you have the power to cancel other people for their racism and basically the state and the society are going to pass judgment on people's virtue. Everyone is going to spy on each other. Everybody's going to watch one another. You know, the College Fix, a good article that keeps track of leftist insanity on campus, uh, says the Black Law Students Association at the University of San Diego School of Law is calling for campus administrators to train and post diversity officers in classrooms to observe and report bias and other disparaging actions against students of color. See, I used to go around to campuses, and I probably will again, and I would give speeches on the fact that socialism is slavery. That slavery is where you work, you do the work, but someone else decides how to spend the money. Socialism, exactly the same definition you do the work, but the government The people in the big White House, they decide how to spend your money. And your money is not just money. The left is always accusing you of being greedy if you want to keep your money, but they're not greedy if they want to take your money. Your money is not just money. Your money is your time, and your time is your life. So they're stealing your life. That's why slavery is wrong. Slavery wouldn't be wrong if it was just, oh, you give me the money and I'll spend it on wonderful things and much better than you will. But the fact is, it's your choice, that's your personality, that's your life, that's yourself, and your time, that is what your life is made of. And they're stealing that. They steal that under socialism. And I sort of would think to myself, you know, if you explain to people that they're instigating slavery, that they're pushing a slaver system, maybe they'll back off. But now I've begun to understand that, no, they think this is the right thing to do. It is like in East Germany, when people, you know, East Germany was supposed to be the most perfect surveillance state ever made. There was like an Stasi, a secret policeman or an informer, to every 60 people, and maybe more, maybe even like under 10 people. But everybody was spying on everybody else, making sure that you didn't do anything that was counter-revolutionary or against socialism. And they thought that was the right thing to do. And so do these people. And my question is, what is the difference be- between them? What is the difference between them and these Stasi informers? What, their mindset, I'm not saying it's, we're in the same state, but what is the difference between their mindset and those informers in those slave states? And of course, the press is already auditioning to be the new Pravda. You know, I, I the article I was satirizing, usually when I sat satirize things, somebody says, well, that's hardly satire. That's just the way the left is. And yeah, that that's true, but I usually make them funnier than they are, not this time. This article in the Washington Post, I, I would just be so embarrassed. If I were the editor of the Washington Post, and or just the city editor, and I went on vacation, or the op-ed editor, I went on vacation and came home and found this in my paper, heads would roll. There would be firings all around. This is by Rosa Brooks, who's a law professor at Georgetown University and co-founder of the Transition Integrity Project. And I go back to it because my satire doesn't do it justice. It's actually funnier and uglier and stupider than my satire. So she is co-founder of the Transition Integrity Project. Hmm, I wonder what the point of that is. Well, the point is that they want to study what will happen during the Transition and how to keep the integrity in our transition of power because we're famous for the peaceful transition of power or we were. So this is what she writes. And again, I'm just re- this is the article. We wanted to know what's the worst thing that could happen to our country during the presidential election. President Trump Trump has broken countless norms, as all kinds of norms, Frederick's is that norm, Smith, he's broken all those norms. Countless norms and ignored countless laws during his time in office. I have to. I don't want to go off on a million tangents, but I do have to say they keep saying this stuff, but they never have an example. Like what laws is he broken? All right, never mind. We wanted to know what's the worst thing that could happen. President Trump has broken countless norms and ignored countless laws during his time in office. And while my co- colleagues and I at the Transition Integrity Project. Didn't want to lie at wake at night contemplating the ways the American experiment could fail. We realized that identifying the most serious risks to our democracy might be the best way to avert a November disaster, so we built a series of war games. We sought out some of the most accomplished Republicans, Democrats, civil servants, media experts, pollsters, and strategists around, and asked them to imagine what they do in a range of election and transition scenarios. A landslide for Joe Biden resulted resulted in a relatively orderly transfer of power. Every other scenario we looked at involves street level violence and political crisis. Nice country you got here, shame if anything happened to it. Only a landslide for Joe Biden will prevent the thing you fear most. You you don't like your city burning? You're afraid these Black Lives Matter radicals are going to come to your house, uh, burn down your neighborhood? Uh, No, 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 Just vote for Joe Biden if it's a, as long as it's a landslide. If it's close, no good, but if it's a landslide. so Any one of you who fails to vote for Joe Biden is bringing this on yourself. So now let me just read you this scenario from all these accomplished Republicans and Democrats and civil servants and drunks and people lying under the table. The guys who clean up the Washington Post offices that, you know, everybody is is the, the greatest minds of our generation fed this these into their their computer like skulls and came out with the scenario on the morning of Election Day, writes Rosa. False stories appear online claiming that Biden has been hospitalized with a life-threatening heart attack and the election has been delayed. Every mainstream news organization reports that the rumors are unfounded, but many Biden supporters, confused by the bogus claims, stay home. Still, by late that night, most major networks have called the election for Biden, but Trump refuses to concede, alleging on Twitter that all caps, millions of illegal aliens and dead people have voted in large numbers and that the uncounted ballots are all fake votes. Social media fills with posts from Trump supporters alleging that the election has been stolen in a deep state coup. And Trump friendly pundits on Fox News and OAN ooh, echo the message. You got to say that when you say Fox News and OAN, you go, ooh, oh, ooh. Soon, Attorney General William Barr. Do it again. Ooh, oh, not oh my. Oh, ye, wow. William. Oh no. Soon, Attorney General William Barr opens an investigation into unsubstantiated allegations of massive vote-by-mail fraud and ties between Democratic officials and Antifa. Massive pro-Biden street protests begin demanding that Trump concede. The president tweets that. all caps again, because the president only tweets in all caps, real patriots must show these Antifa terrorists that citizens who love the second amendment will never let them steal this election. Three exclamation marks around, (laughs) around the nation, violent clashes erupt. Several people are injured and killed in multiple incidents. The reports conflict about their identities and who started the violence. Meanwhile, Trump declares that all caps, unless this carnage ends now, he will invoke the Insurrection Act and send our incredibly powerful military and their ominous weapons into the streets to teach these anti-American terrorists a lesson. At the Pentagon, the Joint Chiefs of Staff convene a hurried meeting to discuss the crisis, and it's not even Thanksgiving yet. (laughs) <laughs> That's what's going on in Rosa's imagination. It's like, that'll be, that, your 50 minutes are up, Rosa. And so just send your check to the psychiatrist and we'll be fine. This is what is running as an op ed. You know, it, it really is interesting. If you ever just want to make the comparison just for fun, read the op eds in the Washington Post and read the op eds in the New York Times and then read the op eds in the Wall Street Journal, which are more right wing. They're, they're right wing. See which one of them sounds like this. This is an op ed written by a 12 year old. I mean, it's truly. Not a 12-year-old today because 12-year-olds are no longer educated. But when I was 12, I could have written an op-ed at about this level. Better prose, probably. But this is the level of thought of an adolescent. So it's Trump who's going to say, oh, these mail-in voters. Who could ever think that mail-in votes, who could ever say that mail-in votes are suspect? Who would, only Trump, only Trump would ever say that. Here's Debbie Wasserman Schultz, who ran the DNC, the Democratic uh, Party, Back in 2016, the last election, here's a report on her from CNN talking about mail-in votes. Congresswoman Debbie Wasserman Schultz argues a mail-in ballot has wrong written all over it.
1: It'd be a risky experiment for us with an election that has stakes as high as a presidential election does. We've never done a mail-in ballot statewide. Wasserman Schultz is worried about signature fraud, disenfranchising college students, getting addresses wrong, and having private donors instead of states footing the bill. She favors seating the delegates already chosen. There's a way to solve this without totally redoing this and causing more chaos.
0: My favorite part of this is that Trump is going to claim the election was stolen. First of all, elections can be stolen. That happens in some countries. It's never happened here, I don't believe. Uh, Maybe once, maybe one of the the Kennedy election. Maybe Kennedy stole an election. But other than that, uh, I don't think it's happened here. But the idea that Trump is not going to accept the results of the election as if this were an intolerable breach in the protocol of our nation, right? Where here is Hillary after the last election, Hillary Clinton after the last election, cut 15.
1: I think it's also critical to understand that as I've been telling candidates who have come to see me, you can run the best campaign. You can even become the nominee and you can have the election stolen from you. (laughs)
0: <laughs> so, so why, why is it okay when she does because he's not trump trump orange man bad it is the orange man. she's not Trump. and who claims it's going to be stolen now who is making the most claims that trump won't leave office that the uh, the election is going to be stolen uh, you know when he can put a sentence together it's joe biden's cut 14 it's
2: my greatest concern my single greatest concern this president's going to try to steal this election
0: That's his his greatest concern. Here's a a paragraph later on in this Rosa Brooks op-ed in the Washington Post where democracy dies in supercilious stupidity. She says, in every exercise that we played out, all the war games we played out, both teams sought to mobilize their supporters to take to the streets. Team Biden repeatedly called for peaceful protests because we know the left only calls for peaceful protests. They never call for punching Trump in the face. They never put out videos of Trump being shot. They never put out, uh, do Julius Caesar in New York where Trump is Julius Caesar and he gets assassinated. They never hold up a, a mock of, of Donald Trump's head all as if it had been cut off. They never do that. They never do that. Only, they're so peaceful. It's almost like when, they're, when they open their mouths to speak, harp music comes out. That's how peaceful they are. Team Biden repeatedly called for peaceful protests while Team Trump encouraged provocateurs to incite violence, then use the resulting chaos to justify sending federalized guard units or active duty military personnel into American cities to restore order, leading to still more violence. Who is it who justifies violence? You know, NPR just issued an apology for its publication of an interview with the author of a new book entitled In Defense of Looting. They have this article where they interviewed her, and she said this is Vicki Osterwell wrote this book in defense of looting. She says, looting strikes at the heart of property, of whiteness, and of the police. It gets to the very root of the way those three things are interconnected, and also it provides people with an imaginative sense of freedom and pleasure and helps them imagine a world that could be. And I think that's part of it that really doesn't get talked about, that riots and looting are experienced as joyous and liberatory. <laughs> so courage is the violence. But they're gonna go for violence. they're gonna go for only peaceful protests with some joyous celebratory looting. <laughs> okay? The fact that they imagine themselves to be the peaceful ones is really worth worth its weight in gold. Walls work, right? That's why we have walls on our houses, that is why we protect ourselves from other people, and that is why you should have LifeLock. LifeLock is like a wall around your computer keeping bad actors from stealing your stuff and invading your stuff. With the recent increase in cyber learning, it's important to keep your kids' personal information safe as well. There are risks associated with using mobile devices. Review the security settings and privacy policies of any social media sites they use. You've got to check in with their apps to announce their location. These are the kinds of things that can happen that people can steal. Every day we put our information at risk on the internet. You could miss certain identity threats by just monitoring your credit, but LifeLock can help. LifeLock detects a wide range of identity threats, like your social security number for sale on the dark web. If they detect your information has potentially been compromised, they'll send you an alert. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but you can find out if your information is on the dark web. Get your free dark web scan at LifeLock.com. Pick the plan that's right for you and save up to twenty-five percent off your first year—that's a free scan at LifeLock.com/Claven—and twenty-five percent off if and only if you know how to spell Claven. It is K-L-A-V-E-N. K-L-A. <laughs> no Weirdly, that's just what I was about to say. So here's—I mean. The, the press has lost every; They've lost everything. I mean, they really threw away their integrity during the Obama administration. And that is the thing that makes their attacks on Trump so absurd and corrupt. You know, again, I've, I've said this before, I, I would never attack the press for being tough on any powerful person, but being such puppy dogs for Barack, an incompetent and corrupt president, and then coming after Trump, who has been you know, he he can be really extraordinarily uh, blunt and sometimes grotesque in the things he says, but he has largely been a very competent president and largely done a very good job. But the hatred of him co- following the sort of absolute lovey-dovey uh, treatment of Barack Obama, who was spying on them half the time, has just been obscene. So now we have another work of so-called journalism from The Atlantic, and this is by Jeffrey Epstein. Trump... Colon. Americans who died in war are losers and suckers. The president has repeatedly disparaged the intelligence of service members and asked that wounded veterans be kept out of military parades. Multiple sources tell The Atlantic. Not one named source, by the way. Not one named source. The De- I said uh, Jeffrey Epstein I did okay Jeffrey Goldberg I wrote Jeffrey Epstein and Jeffrey Goldberg did not actually kill himself uh, <laughs> in fact he's still alive writing this piece. All right so so they're accusing Trump of disparaging military people. here's the the piece when President Trump, canceled the visit to the Einmarn American Cemetery near Paris in 2018. He blamed rain for the last minute decision, saying that the helicopter couldn't fly and that the Secret Service wouldn't drive him there. Neither claim was true. Trump rejected the idea of the visit because he feared his hair would become disheveled in the rain and because he did not believe it important to honor American war dead. That sounds like Trump, right? According, This is according to four people with firsthand knowledge of the discussion that day but we can't tell you who they are. In a conversation with senior staff members on the morning of the scheduled visit, Trump said, why should I go to that cemetery? It's filled with losers. In a separate conversation on the same trip, Trump referred to the more than 1800 Marines who lost their lives at Wood as suckers for getting killed. Now, I'm sorry Trump can say a lot of stupid stuff. I you know, you don't hear me defending him when he says dumb stuff. Uh, that uh, the other day when he compared a police shooting to a missed putt. Again, what he was trying to say was not bad. It was an insensitive metaphor. I said so. I I do not believe. I do not believe he would not go to a military ceremony and say, "Why should I go because these people were suckers for getting killed?" However, we do know. We do know that there are plenty of sources who have fed plenty of false stories high-up sources who have fed plenty of false stories all through the Trump administration to the press. The press has not only printed them, they've given themselves Pulitzer Prizes for printing them, and those stories have turned out to be completely, wholly false. It is an act of journalistic malfeasance to run a story like this with no named sources, and it's Even worse, it is even worse when I see some of the never Trumpers giving it credence. Well, it kind of sounds like Trump. Well, it doesn't really sound like Trump. It sounds like his voice. It sounds like words that he would use. But it is very, very hard to imagine Trump saying this. And I know, I know you're going to say, well, he dissed uh, John McCain and said, I prefer my pilots who don't get shot down. That's what this is being based on. That's what they're depending on. And we know, we know because of the Charlottesville hoax, the good people on both sides hoax, we know that this is now going to become gospel on the left. They've already Put out a, an ad appealing to veterans saying he's dissed you. Byron York of the Washington Examiner made a brilliant find. He went and got John Bolton's book, and John Bolton describes the same event. Now, the point of this is we know John Bolton. Hates Donald Trump. We know if Donald Trump had said those things, John Bolton would be the first person to have reported it. You know, there's that, the book is just a hit job on Trump. What's it called? Uh, The the Room Where It Happened is just a hit job on Trump. So he would report this. This is what he says instead. This is Bolton in his book. On Saturday, I went to the U.S. ambassador's residence where Trump was saying to brief him before his bilateral with Macron. The weather was bad, and Kelly and I spoke about whether to travel as planned to the Bellowwood Monuments and nearby American cemeteries, where many U.S. World War I dead were buried. Marine One's crew was saying that bad visibility could make it imprudent to chop her to the cemetery. The ceiling was not too low for Marines to fly in combat, but flying POTUS was obviously something very different. If a motorcade were necessary, it could take between 90 and 120 20 minutes each way along roads that were not exactly freeways posing an unacceptable risk that we could not get the president out of France quickly enough in case of an emergency. It was a straightforward decision to cancel the visit, but very hard for a Marine like Kelly to recommend having originally been the one to suggest Bellow Wood, which is an iconic battle in Marine Corps history. Trump agreed and it was decided that others would drive to the cemetery instead as the meeting broke up and we prepared to leave for the Elysee palace to see Macron Uh, Trump pulled Kelly and me aside and said, find another spot for Mira, Melania's people are on the warpath, goes on and on with that. Uh, And then he says the press turns canceling the cemetery visit into a story that Trump was afraid of the rain and took glee in pointing out that other world leaders traveled around during the day. Of course, none of them were the president of the United States, but the press didn't understand that rules for U.S. presidents are different. From the rules for 190 other leaders who don't command the world's greatest military forces that's john bolton telling the same story none of this oh these people are losers i mean come on come on trump denies it let's let's hear from trump himself was a totally fake story and that was confirmed by many people who were actually there Uh, it was a terrible thing that somebody could say the kind of things and especially to me because i've done more for the military than almost anybody else. Uh, You look at how the VA is doing. It's doing incredibly well. Uh, We got all sorts of things done, from accountability to veterans' choice to everything. And it's got right right right. now, and it's got right now the highest approval rating that it's ever had, 91 percent approval rating. It's never been anywhere close to that. Uh, Nobody's done what I've done. And that includes salary increases, but it really includes the rebuilding of our military. And, and you know, Trump, if, if Trump is nothing else, he has this visceral love for this country that may be uninformed, it may not be, you know, it may just be the kind of patriotism that people his age, my age, just feel naturally, who knows? But the, who who could think that Donald Trump was blowing off the military in those terms? Even, you know, people who were there, Sarah Sanders, uh, she says she was there. She says, total BS, I was actually there, one of the people, part of the discussion. This never happened. But you can get ready for this now. This is going to be right up through the election. They're going to reimagine that the things that the left does Trump will do, the violence and the uh, inciting violence, and they're going to just make up stories using sources. I'm sure these sources really told this to Goldberg. I'm sure they really said this to the reporter. But the sources, you know, if they're not going to come forward, that you should not run a story like that. It's malfeasance. It really is bad. You know, it, it is funny. Somebody was tweeting this online. I didn't catch who it was. But when you go back over Trump's history, there are a lot of times that Trump has been put forward as really a benefactor of people, a kind of guy who really respected uh, ordinary people. A lot of various acts of kindness Trump did when he was a you know flashy millionaire, billionaire when he was out there as the uh, branding himself. He did a lot of really decent things, showed up for people and uh, paid their mortgages on their homes during the 80s. All the farms were collapsing. He paid mortgages on home. So there was also that time that remember that uh, Jennifer Hudson, that really talented singer uh, she was in is it dream girls was that the name of it a uh, really talented singer and her family was murdered and uh, Trump put her up at the Trump International Hotel and Tower free of charge and people magazine wrote a big piece about it. he's not he doesn't just have a golden touch for business. he also has a heart of gold. you know that Trump is you know, that Trump is gone from the press not because he's not still there and again, you, you've heard me attack Trump for his rudeness. you've heard me attack Trump for the way he treats people, his underlings sometimes people who deserve respect. That Trump is gone entirely. I mean, again, we always talk about nuance, you know, just a little bit of nuance, just a little bit of maybe seeing things from both sides. This is going to be gone. So these last uh, couple of months before the election, this is what you're going to hear. You're going to hear lies. You're going to hear uh, trans transference, where they transfer their violence and their malfeasance onto Donald Trump. And also, of course, this imagination. This is the important thing going back to what I was started out talking about when I was starting about the G- talking about the GDR, East Germany under Soviet rule. A lot of those Stasi guys were people who had fought Hitler, you know, people who had opposed Nazism and they just assumed that America were Nazis, that America was with the Nazis. And so anybody who did anything that was not socialist were immediately on the other side and must be Nazis. And that was how they justified spying on ordinary people, spying on children, arresting children, killing prisoners, all those things. And And the left has so worked itself up into that mindset that they've turned themselves into proto-tyrants. And who can doubt, who can doubt that they would do it if they had the power, if they had the chance. There are a lot of ways you can watch and listen to our podcasts. As you know, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Facebook, and of course, go on dailywire.com. But now we have an upgraded experience for you. Daily Wire is available on Apple TV and Roku. You can watch us on your TV. You can blow my, if you have one of those big TVs, you can blow my face up to the size of the Hindenburg. And like the Hindenburg, I will just crash and burn. It' amazing. Your whole living room will be set on fire. But you have to be I don't even know. This is not in the copy. You have to be an insider member to watch live. So head over to dailywirecom claven and use code WATCH to get fifteen percent off your membership purchase plus a leftist tears tumbler. Again, that's DailyWire.com/clavin to get fifteen percent off with code WATCH and download the Daily Wire on your Apple TV and Roku today. And I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, how do I spell watch? It's K-L-A-V-A-N. Just spell everything K-L-A-V-A-N, and you can never go wrong. Go subscribe. So I just have to cover a little bit this Joe Biden visit to Kenosha, Wisconsin. Remember, you weren't supposed to go to Kenosha, Wisconsin. Donald Trump went to Kenosha, talked to business leaders, talked to law enforcement, said he would help rebuild the place. Everybody's, no, don't go. It's divisive. It's terrible. You'll start trouble. You know, so the next day, Joe Biden goes. because. He has to follow the leader. Here's the way the press covered Trump's visit. This is cut four.
1: President Trump visited here today over objections from local leaders in an effort to draw attention to destruction from recent protests. But while he was in a meeting with local law enforcement officials today, he refused to answer a question
0: about systemic racism in policing, the issue at the heart of much of the unrest here in Kenosha. And we begin tonight with President Trump in the newest American flashpoint traveling to Kenosha, Wisconsin, amid unrest over the police shooting of Jacob Blake, shot seven times in the back at point-blank range. The president touring areas damaged during protests, meeting business owners hours after comparing the officers involved in the shooting to golfers who, quote, choke, missing a three-foot putt. (laughs) So so here's, by the way, business leaders, the law enforcement thanked Trump profusely. I, I know that the Democrats didn't want him to go. Trump gets there. The streets are lined with his fans. They're cheering. Everybody's there. Biden gets there. Yesterday, there was one guy with a sign. So help me, one guy with a sign. Again, the polls still have Biden in the lead, but that that was the way it was on the ground. All right. So here's the way, let's just cover the way that the media, here's, here's Brooke Baldwin on CNN, how she covered Biden's meeting. Then we'll take a look at the meeting.
1: Point by point by point on his notes, uh, you know, just just questions, concerns from, from folks there who have been able to speak up about, you know, their children and education and mental health and the, health and the prison system. But I want to go back just briefly. I mean, obviously he's there in the wake of the, the Jacob Blake shooting. He's met with the family today and he was mentioning Charlottesville. And again, you know, when Joe Biden announced he wanted to run for president, what did he say? He wants to fight for the soul of this
0: nation. And that is precisely what he is trying to do in making his case to become the next president of the United States. Wow. Wow! By lying, by the way, the Charlottesville thing, Biden is sticking to that lie. Now, at this point, Biden may not know it's a lie. I mean, not he may not know where he is or where Charlottesville is, but it's a lie. It's a lie. Trump condemned the white supremacists and the Nazis, but he said that there were good people in the local argument over statues. That's what he said, and Biden keeps promoting this lie. And the very that very fact, that very fact, should be called out by journalists, but instead they support it. They created the lie. They don't want it to go away. So Biden goes and he has a phone call and he. He talks to Jacob Blake. Okay. Now, this is the guy who was shot by police uh, seven times in the back while he was reaching inside a car. The cops say he had a knife. There was a knife present, they know. It's still unclear whether it was in the car and he was reaching for it. But just, just remember, Blake was forbidden to go to the home of his alleged victim from an incident on May 3rd when she woke up in bed with her children. Uh, she was asleep in bed with one of her children. Blake came into the room around 6 a.m. and allegedly said, I want my stuff. And she told cops that Blake then used his finger to sexually assault her, sniffed it and said, smells like you've been with other men. The officer who took the statement said she had a very difficult time telling him this and cried as she told how the defendant assaulted her. Who could blame her? The alleged victim said Blake penetrating her digitally caused her pain and humiliation and was done without her consent. And she was very humiliated and upset by the sexual uh, by the sexual assault. That's the record. So he was not allowed to go there. He went there. She called the cops. Uh, he resisted arrest. He reached into it. They were pointing the guns at him saying, stand down, stand down. Uh, you know, it, it was am- amazing. It was like that old... Uh, um, what does it peel a key and peel routine where the cops keeps commanding the guy to stop and he just never stops and finally holds the cop at gunpoint and the gun cop has to surrender that's the way they expect the police to behave but instead he reached in he was armed he was resisting arrest they opened fire and i don't want to run down the guy's family i you know the the guy's mother certainly she's been very graceful she's talked about she doesn't want the violence and all this stuff but why are they always for the criminal? Why is the left always for the criminal and not for the cops? Why isn't he calling? Why isn't Joe Biden visiting with the family of cops? Why isn't he talking to the, 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 uh, the child, the, the parents of a child who just got shot in, where was it? I think it was Chicago. I'm not quite sure. But another one of these drive-by shootings where the gangs are fighting. Why don't we talk about all this stuff? Why is it always on the side of these criminals and it, it's just, so anyway, then he goes to a church, he goes to a Lutheran church and he, he puts forward again the, the idea that this racism is systemic. You're all in a country that hates you. And he says, but now we have a chance to change it. This cut six.
2: This is the first chance we've had in a generation in my view to deal and cut another slice off institutional racism toward getting in the place where it changes. And by the way, the main reason why I'm optimistic, because of your generation, black, white, Hispanic, and Asian-American. Did you ever think you'd turn on a TV? You're much younger than I am, but you're a little older than she is. Did you ever think you'd turn on the TV and roughly two out of three ads would be biracial couples selling a product? (laughs)
0: <laughs> you know, but at least, but at least he gives, he gives them a history lesson to increase their pride. This is very important because, you know, you want, you want people to be proud of their history. So, Biden gives them a history lesson to increase their pride, let's cut 11.
2: People fear that's what's, that which is different. We gotta, for example, why in God's name don't we teach history in history classes? A black man invented the light bulb not a white guy named edison okay there's so much did anybody know before what recently happened
0: that's an amazing amazing clip that is an amazing clip i happened when i was a kid i was a big edison fan edison invented the light bulb edison invented the light bulb you know i mean what on earth is he talking i can only think that he heard something somewhere and it's now in his head and he can't remember anymore what, what is he talking about and why why is it good you know that is soviet that is like the you know the russian when when people visited the soviet union in the early days they would meet with people this is true they would meet with people who were so proud that this, so that the russians had electricity and that they had electric appliances and they didn't know they didn't know that everybody already had them that they were not the first. They didn't know. And they were constantly being told, oh, yes, they say that an American invented the car or American invented the light. bulb." it was really the Russians who did this. They kept telling them this. What is what is he even talking about? What is this guy? You know, you want to see a weird clip. I mean, here's a, a truly weird clip. It, it's very strange right now. The polls are very odd. The polls are simply not moving. OK, and yet the candidates are acting as if they're moving. The polls keep coming back. Trump is behind 8 percent, with the exception of Rasmussen. Rasmussen shows a lot of blacks moving in Trump's direction, which is something I predicted years and years ago would happen. And he, he's showing the election narrowing, but everybody else shows it still uh, still at the same place, this kind of 8 uh, percent gap in Biden's favor. So Biden tells people this law and order thing isn't working. But this is a weird cut. If you're not watching, he's wandering around the room. He's muttering. It's just weird. Cut one. Just tell the truth.
2: And a concluding comment I'll make is, you know, there's a lot of folks who thought that, well, the president's made great strides with his, this, this, his you know, law and order strides here. That boy, after his convention, he really, really made inroads. He hasn't. No, no. Not at all. I no, I'm not serious. It should give you a little bit of confidence in the American people. They ain't buying it. With all the millions and millions and millions of dollars being
0: spent. They're not buying it. This is it's just, it's just- eerie. It's eerie and it's pitiful and it's weird to let this guy run for president. I mean, it's just, he's wandering around. He turns his back to the audience. He's whispering to people. You know, it's just strange. The guy is really damaged. They're, they're now, you know, there was all this uh, fake news about Trump having strokes or something like that, but they're now saying that Biden has actually had brain operations. I'm not, I can't confirm that. I can't say that for sure, but there's something so wrong with this guy and the press is just thinks they're going to, just like the riots. That they think they're going to tell us they're mostly peaceful so we won't see the cities burning down. They're going to tell us how wonderful Joe Biden is and we're going to buy into it. I just want to play one final clip from this thing that really I, I found kind of moving. One lady got up and they've obviously been coached. They do not want Joe Biden to face unexpected questions because they know he's not there anymore. And so they don't want it. So they had the the audience reading off pieces of paper. And this one lady stood up and she refused to do it. She said, I'm not going to do this because you need to hear the truth. This is cut seven.
1: I'm just going to be honest, Mr. Biden. I was told to go off this paper, but I can't. You need the truth. And I'm part of the truth. I was born here, raised here. First eighth grade class of the school that was named after his mother. So... I have to give you the truth of the people. And the truth of the matter is we are heavily angry. We live here and we want it to stay the way we've always had it. But the changes that we want has to be more in effect. We hear so many people saying, oh, we're going to give you this, we're going to give you that. But we have yet to see action.
0: You know, this goes back, she says, we, we keep t- having politicians tell us they're going to give us this, they're going to give us that, but we have yet to see action. But which politicians? Which politicians have they been voting for all these years, all these years? It's only Democrat politicians. And it comes back again to the fact that liberals are taught one thing. I shouldn't say liberals because they're not liberal about anything. Leftists are taught only one thing. They may not think they're right, but they know that we're evil. They don't think we're wrong. They don't disagree with us. They just know that we're evil, so they don't even listen to us. They don't know we're here. And it's that that makes it so easy for them to start thinking in terms of oppression, of silencing people, of punishing people, of canceling people, of taking away people's dream jobs, of taking away people's livelihoods, of threatening professors for saying things that are outside the party line. It is that that empowers them to become the oppressors that they've already become in their minds. You know, I'm not comparing them to the Stasi because they haven't got that power, but who can deny What would they not do that the Stasi did? What would they not do? Who would they not report? Who would they not silence? Who would they not arrest? I'd like to hear. I'd like to hear them tell me because they tell us that Trump is an authoritarian. They tell us he's Hitler. But what has he done and what would they not do? All right. That's it. The Clavenless weekend is upon you. I hope you have a wonderful Labor Day, but there's no chance of it because I won't be there. So you're doomed. However, survivors will gather here on Tuesday for The Andrew Claven Show. And I'll be here. I'm Andrew Claven.